And I call them devils, these kiddie devils, right? This is any team, truthfully, I mean this hand in heart, any team who can plot and implement and take down clear at the moment, I, I do think it's kiddie. Join myself, Willow Callahan, along with James Skehill and Paul Murphy for the best insight this hurling season. OTB AM With Gillette, get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. Tommy, good morning to you. How are you getting on? Good morning, Jarrett. What's the crack? Yeah, all good now. Semi-final week. Uh, this is where he gets going, Jer. Probably even more intense or exciting than a final itself, I'd say, Jer, because there's one thing that's worse than losing a final. That's losing a semi-final. So this is the one. Like, you want to be there and all our final day. Final day is just one of them. You know, it's the magical days. One of the, the days you dream of as, as a kid growing up. Walking out in the parade, meeting the president. You know, staying overnight that night in the, in the team hotel, uh, maybe coming back to the fans, hopefully with the cup. But to get there is is the key, and that's the mission uh, this weekend. So listen, the build up, I suppose, brings back memories of your own semi final weeks, and definitely a big week as regards intensity. What what would you on semi final week? Was it different for you from final week? Was it actually a little bit less pressure in some ways because you were less worried about tickets and all that stuff, or was it kind of similar? Yeah, no, tickets never bothered me. Uh, my mum was very good that way. Uh, we had a good process going there between the two of us. So tickets never bothered me. Uh, um, and we were, Brian Cody would have advised that. And I remember reading things from the team, the Kerry Golden years that time. That, that was a big video in our house growing up. So listening to them guys kind of giving advice in their Sunday World Columns and different things. So I learned not to let any of that be any distraction to myself. So no, semi-final was just as big as the final, if not bigger. Because that was the dream, was to get to the final chair. Was it any different, the, the build-up to it? Probably not, because we treat every day like an All-Ireland final or a big day. So, yeah, it would be ramped up a little bit, but you're you're ready for it. So, sorry, did, did your ma just look after the tickets? That was it. And everybody knew, no, don't talk to me, talk to the mum. And that was it? She, she decided who was in and who was out? <laughs> I, I can't throw her under the bus here now and pretend that <laughs> she was disappointing people on, on, on final day no I had a diary say if it was on usually it was the first or second week of September I'd have a there in the work diary that Sunday and anyone ever asked me for a ticket I went into the diary and then once we got got the tickets like you could have 50, 60 names on, in that diary on any All-Ireland final and I still have the diaries there to go back and look at them and um but just when we got the tickets then, you asked for how many you could get, really. And when you got them then, you just had to go through it. But I saw many uncles and aunties and cousins that, you know, probably they got probably first preference anyway and a couple of your best friends, you know. Right, OK, fair enough. It's tricky enough. Like, it is something that uh, we, we take for granted. But I've certainly heard players, certainly teams who make it for the first time who don't have that to fall back on, that kind of uh, cultural awareness, this is going to be an issue. And somebody says, look, let somebody else look after this for you. That, that can become a bit of a distraction for players one other thing just before we get on to the games this weekend everybody's talking about the brawl at the weekend um, you guys would have gone down the same tunnel uh, for years with your opponents having not glumps out of each other certainly in the first half of games did it ever did it ever boil over in the tunnel? Uh, no it, ours never boiled over in the tunnel but I was involved in a good few that boiled over on the field to be honest here so <laughs> I'm not going to take the high horse in this one or anything like, you know, unfortunately, things like that have happened over the years. And um, 
usually starts at one or two lads and then you kind of come in to back up your teammate. My experience of them, really would be to be never really at uh, any punches, really, or it's usually just pushing and shoving, to be honest, maybe grabbing lads and maybe, you know, you put a lad, grab a lad onto the ground. But my experience of it is it never really by lower too badly. Like, with, with, I don't ever remember getting a punch, to be honest, in, in, in anything like that. Like, so... Listen, I think it might be a good thing, really, Jared, at the end of the day, because it probably has been with television cameras now. It's so avail- readily available to young people and the wider public that, you know, it probably is. It's it's seen so much on iPhones now and, and this that so many people see it. It's probably not nice. Until thought years ago, the same thing was happening, but nobody was seeing it, if you know what I mean. So it probably will be a good thing, I think, down the road in that. I think the GA will tackle it now and... They'll probably, you know, they'll, they'll probably send out letters to county boards and clubs to say, listen, if this happens again, there's going to be huge consequences. And when there is consequences, generally people won't probably fall for it as much, you know. Yeah, well, fingers crossed. Uh, OK, so the game's this weekend, right? Like, we, we're supposed to know what's going to happen, but do we really, like, are, are, are Limerick untouchable at this stage or is this where you're going to catch them? I think Limerick are raging half favourites, sure. And I think for Galway to play well, they're going to need man of the match performances from their goalie, Anna Murphy. They're going to need Dahi Burke, David Burke, um, and all old McInerney probably won't be playing. So I say Joseph Cooney will go back into the half back line, possibly Paul Mannion centre back. Um, I, I'd expect Joseph Cooney to pick up Garold McInerney and leave like Paul Mannion is more of a hurler, let the ball into me, kind of covers for his full back line and half back line. He's more a reader of the game, I would think, than a man marker. Now, I know he did mark one Cody earlier on the year from Kenny and did a good job, but I would rather him hitting a load of ball than sacrificing his game. So I'd rather probably see him in the centre, but Connor Wheel and Connor Cooney. So they're going to need man of the match performances, Jer, out of all these big players, I think, for him to have a chance. And just like the last day against Cork, goals won that game for him. They're going to need a couple of goals on, on Sunday to beat this Limerick team. The concerns um, people have over injuries this season just seem to be so heightened, Tommy. Like, I mean, it's going to be a big storyline going into the football semi-finals as well. Just a lack of time to get over injuries. Like, is your gut feeling that Limerick will have a full deck to choose from this weekend? Obviously, the big question is around Keane Lynch, but like, it's it's ten weeks between games now. If he if he does play this weekend, like, is that is that a concerning factor at all? If you're trying to find trying to pick holes in in, in the Limerick argument. Yeah, I think, uh, Owen, it's, it's a lot easier coming into a, a brilliant team than maybe come in and expect him to be the main player on the team. I think if Keane Lynch is to be picked this weekend, it's just to fit into that, you know, Rolls Rice of a machine that they have at the moment. He's just one player, a part of the 15. Towards if he's on any other team in the country, like we'll say a Tony Kelly or an Owen Cody or uh, we'll say, you know, Dahi Bork for Galway, you're expected, to, or Conor Whelan will say the forward for Galway, you're expected that if you don't play well, the team will lose. Towards Keane Lynch won't have that worry. So John Kiley can throw him in. Um, you know, he can put him in centre forward there. Colin O'Neill has been there and doing quite well, but he's a young player. And maybe he, he'll want to maybe show faith in Cotton and he'll say, listen, you have the jersey and you've done quite well, so you can hold on to it. But there's certain players that if they're fit, they play. And Keane Lynch is one of them for me. So I would be thinking even, you'd be looking forward without cockiness because John Kiley wouldn't do that. Paul Kinnerp wouldn't do that. But with an eye on, listen, if we're in the final, 
we will need John, we will need Keane Lynch. So I would be throwing him in anyway. Yeah. Is there anything that we've seen from Galway this year that gives them confidence heading into this game? That there's enough about them from a physicality perspective, from a hurling perspective, because like, it, it doesn't feel like they've peaked yet under. Shefflin, it feels like this is still a building process and their their own identity is still being worked out a little bit. Now, having said that, the one thing that they have done is that they've fought hard and they've won tight games and so that's that's a good starting point to build your identity off. But like who are they as a hurling team and what do they have that they're gonna fall back on when it comes to the challenge of facing Limerick this weekend? Yeah, I, I think the one thing that they will have gone for them, Jar, is history. So you go back to the to, to the last couple of years. Um, they brought them to was it a point in the All Ireland final? Um, they brought them to three points uh, in 2020 All Ireland semi final, 27 points to 24. So if there is one team over the last five or six years that has been consistently putting it up to this Limerick team, it has been Galway. And and that that I think going into a game, confidence and some teams always have they just have the number on another team, and it's hard to explain. If they went out to play, if the two teams went out to play one other team in the morning, one team could beat them by 20 points, the other team might only beat them by five. But when they play each other, it seems to be always close. Uh, go back to the 1980 final, um, which Galway beat Limerick in, again, the first time to win an All Ireland in probably 50 or 60 years. I think it was 1923. So the one thing Galway have against Limerick, they have tradition, they have history. And I think that's what is all they have. Like you're asking me about what Sheffield probably brought. Like he has brought intensity, he has brought a consistent work rate and physicality to this Galway team. But he can't he can't invent players, if you like. Got this Galway team, their main players are still the, the, the main players that were there in 2017 and 18. They're still the Dahi Burks, the David Burke, the Roy McNerney, even though he's injured, the Joseph Cooney's, Connor Whelan, Connor Cooney. They're st- still the spine of this team. So I think he, he, you know, they, they can't just create a, a magical team overnight. It has to be coming in from, from an underage structure. And obviously there is young lads coming like Glennon and Tom Monaghan and, you know, Keenan Fahey. So there is young players coming, but the main players are still that older, you know, 27, 28 to 30 age group. So I think the, the, how can how can Galway win this weekend? I think the fact that Limerick are raging half favourites. Won't, won't help Limerick as such even though they're a seasoned team but it will still can lead to a little bit of complacency and if Galway can turn up there with one of these performances of the ages I think that's their only chance really of winning the semi-final to be honest like, To kind of circle back to uh, the, the first question there on these like about Limerick and semi-finals are, like do we just kind of read too much into what happened in 2019 you know the the, the, the Kilkenny situation and the, the sort of presumption that maybe they just got caught a little bit cold at the semi-final stage in a way that maybe they wouldn't have got caught in the final and is that just the, the one thing you could potentially cling to this weekend um, I don't think they were caught that day really to be honest uh, on um I, I like I they battled. You can only win nine or ten points ahead early in that game, but they battled to, to the very end. And only for the sideline cut, maybe they would have, you know, the, was it a sixty-five or was it not a sixty-five? It could have been a draw game. So I think a team that gets stunned is a team that maybe they just fall apart maybe in the last 15, 20 minutes because they weren't ready for it. I think they were ready for Kenny and they love playing Kenny really because they see it as to be them will be a, a major, you know, feather in the cap there to win an All Ireland. So. 
if you look at that year, I think that was the third time they could possibly have beaten in championship that year. So I think it was just one of those years. But since then, they've just been an absolute machine. It's just victory after victory. Players missing. One goes out, one comes in. They drop Aaron Galland, they pick someone else. Seamus Flanagan doesn't play one day, he's played the next. Like you look at the Munster final, for example. Clare, they marked all their top marquee players, kept them relatively, relatively quiet. Seamus Flanagan then steps up with eight points from play. So I just think this got this Limerick team, their major advantage over everybody else is they rely on no one. Yes, they need, you know, most of their players to chip in and that like you would any team to win a match. But they don't rely on any one or two individuals. Each one of them nearly in the forward line or nearly match winners on their own. And as you said, injuries are starting to come back into it there now. And lucky enough for Limerick, it's not will they be out, it's will they be back. So these guys are nearly over their injuries. So Peter Casey is possibly going to be featured at some stage and Keane Lynch. So that's coming into a team that is Munster champions. They're after winning four in a row on Munster. They're going for, is it what, I'd say this is to reach their fourth All-Ireland, is it, in five years. So listen, this Limerick team, they will have to be caught to be beaten in the semi-final, I think. Or or sending off. That's the only other thing that you can see, an, an early red card that might swing the game. And like there has been a little bit of that in Limerick this year. So maybe that's something that happens that like, is, is not planned for, but uh, it, it levels things up a little bit. Yeah, and I always find as well, they focus on maybe team playing the edge when they're the champions or they're the favourite. Or if a team is the underdog jar and they play like Limerick are playing, people are saying they're up for this game, they're fired up and they won't be bullied today. You know, all these kind of phrases. But when they're champions are, and you're doing it, it's cynicism, it's playing on the edge, it's, um, you know, not focusing on, on the game. I But this Limerick team does play like that. So listen, the way Harlan is refereed now, the way the game is refereed, the way television cameras are being reviewing everything, you have podcasts, you have radio shows, reviewing everything all week. There is more pressure on referees that they can't just kind of, like, if you remember Cher always looking at hurling games, there was no yellow cards, right? So you book the lad and you send them off. But say if you book the lad in the first few minutes and then he, you know, there was an innocuous foul maybe later on in the game, but he could pretend, you know, listen, he's noting them down. Yeah. But now when you're give, giving you a, a knock off, if you like, Alongside the names in the diary on the All Ireland final, were you also taking notes of who was calling your team cynical and that, that stuff as well? <laughs> you're on it, Jared, that's what you're asking. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. I think I was always a defender of that Kilkenny team. Come here, um, th- let's talk about Kilkenny then, right? Uh, I, don't, I don't know what to expect from this game. Like, I genuinely don't because. Clare have been one of the stories of the summer so far and when everything goes well for them they're absolutely majestic and yet at the same time they're coming off the back of coming through the back door and the disappointment and granted you know I thought against Wexford it was uh, like one of those trap games for them that they managed to navigate their way through even though it required a little bit of good fortune so do you feel great after something like that or are you a little bit concerned are you a little bit tired I don't know what the truth of that is and I also don't know what the truth is about this Kilkenny team because, you know, there could be a rising generation who are ready to take the mantle and be great hurlers for Kilkenny for the next four or five seasons. Or they might just not be good enough and they can get found out in the semi-final. So every single one of those outcomes is on the cards for this one. I don't know what's going to happen here. Yeah, well, going back to your first thing, I think it is a perfect situation for Clare. 
they played unbelievable in the Munster final and lost. Towards going into that match against Wexford, I did fear for him, to be honest, because uh, I said it then and it's still in my mind. When you play really well and lose, you have everybody clapping in, you, in the back, telling you're a great lad, but you're still devastated because you lost. And you can't get outside. But everyone is congratulating, saying, listen, you did us proud and uh, you didn't let the, the jersey down. Towards when you, when you lose and you play badly, well, then you, you know it yourself. You don't need anybody to tell you, but they are probably, you know, there's people criticising the team or criticising yourself. Listen, you're probably criticising yourself anyway. And you're hearing it probably, you know, you might be hearing it directly, but you are probably hearing it indirectly. So it's easy then to be motivated for the next match because every train, you're just getting more ready and more ready towards this day or this day now they got over that match right so now going into this semi-final they're going to be kind of under the radar nobody's talking about them as the hottest of favourites thing and the bookies is probably even enough in it against a Brian Cody Kenny team so I think it's a perfect situation for Brian Lohan Brian Lohan I'd say would love to get one over on this Kenny team like I was looking at the championship performance a championship uh, record between Kilkenny and Clare like when his team was was at its peak they, they, they beat Kilkenny in 1997 then were beaten in 1999 beaten in 2004 beaten in 2006 so that Clare team you know while, when they were at their peak I suppose they would love to get a few more victories over on Kilkenny and Brian Lone would be a proud Clare man not from I suppose the traditional top three of Tipperary Cork and Kilkenny so any time to get a victory over them or any time that have a better team maybe than them you want to be coming away with a victory. So I see huge motivation come from Brian Lone on, on this one. Uh, I think he'll have these guys primed to beat Kilkenny. Like you can imagine what's going on in that dressing room all week. This is Clare's chance to finally put one over on one of the big guns and get to an All-Ireland final. And uh, I think, listen, I think it could be like, you know, the trill in Manila, the rumble in the jungle. I think myself, this will be an epic Saturday night. All right, that's um, our appetite is suitably wet. Do you think Kilkenny are going to win? I think it's going to be so tight. Uh, they really do. Um, like I was looking at the players um, on both teams, Joe, right? You have Tony Kelly for Clare. You have TJ Reid for, for Kilkenny. You have Owen Cody for Kilkenny. Shane O'Donnell for Clare. You have Big Walter Welch for Kilkenny. Peter Duggan for, for Clare. Adrian Mullen scoring loads of points out around half hour midfield for Kilkenny. Dave Fitzgerald is doing the very same for Clare. Paddy Deegan on the half back line, inspirational for Kilkenny. David Mack. Uh, on the other side for Clare. Hugh Lawler, full-back, has just been, after growing into an absolutely outstanding full-back for Kenny, but so is Conor Cleary for Clare. So, like, when you go through the players, kind of, you know, man versus man, like, it, it looks like just an absolute enthralling encounter. And um, manager even versus manager, Cody versus Lohan, very similar type characters with huge standards and huge respect and authority. So, it's going to be so close. It's hard to call it, like, you know, but... I'm going to go with, I don't know, you listened to James Scahill's podcast with Will there and Paul there a few weeks ago, but I think it was before the Leinster final and they asked James who was going to win and he said Galway and Will was pushing him and pushing him, but why do you think? Because I just really, really want him to win. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to go with Kenny for the very same reason. That's fair enough. That is that is fair enough. Uh, the, the, like, there's a strong possibility we end up in extra time in certainly in this game and who knows where that takes us. Like, uh, would you be terribly surprised if this ended in a penalty shootout? Jeez, I hope it doesn't, Jer. I absolutely hate penalty shootouts. Um, remember during COVID, I was in a, a petrol station in Kilkenny and um, 
met a father of a young fella. Now, during COVID, I could understand the penalty shootouts, you know, because, they, I don't know, you couldn't have replays of competitions and stuff like that. You were trying to keep crowds to a minimum and that. But his, I think his son was after, son was after missing, but under 14, so after missing a penalty and lost the, the final, like, you know. And I was just, this is heartbreaking, like, you know. And so, you know, like, these are amateurs and um, they have to go back to work. So they're not getting paid and rewarded for for this risk of losing and and getting you know you're the one person that missed the penalty to to, to lose an all earn semi final or lose the final. So I'd love if they went, and that's that's a fact. Like imagine if that was your own son, or brother, or father, or, or you know wife or girlfriend. Like it affects everybody. At least in a match, if you get picked by a point and you miss, say if you miss a ball. But you could still probably blame three other players. You know, why did he let it pass them? Why did the goalie miss that puck out in the first few minutes? Who made the mistake for the goal? You can still make a load of different excuses and blame other people. But in a penalty shootout, really, it's just you and whoever else missed. And even watching the footballer the weekend, I was hoping three or four lads had missed it so that one lad wouldn't get the blame, you know? Yeah. So, oh, I love to see these penalty shootouts just finishing for that reason. Like, you know, because it's not like... <clears throat> Say a professional, you might live in a place, but you might know the whole community. Towards in Ireland, you know everyone, you know. You're not getting out, yeah. <laughs> the flip side of that then is that Matthew Tierney will never have to buy a pint in Galway ever again. Yeah, I know, I know. It's tough, it's tough. Um, okay, so it's a it's a Limerick, Kilkenny, All-Ireland final is what you're calling. Tentatively. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. You have a shout out for us this week? Yeah, the show this week, Ger, uh, I suppose, awfully in the minor other than uh, this weekend. It's in Nolan Park. Um, just remarkable from where they've come from. Michael Dyden has went back into Offaly as county board chairman. And, like, it's just, he's driving everything. Football and hurling. Um, like, a, a rising tide lifts all boats. There's a great saying. And, like, bringing busloads of children to matches. As they're on social media during the, the COVID, the, during the lockdowns, they were just driving everything. Coaches that have gone into schools, have coaches gone into clubs. I think just huge work on in underage, and they're now in an all Ireland final uh, this weekend. So the best of luck to them. Um, but my show this weekend goes back to the team, the great team, I suppose, of the 90s. The three Dooley brothers are my show, Joe, Billy and Johnny. Uh, just three amazing hurlers and to have three of them coming out of the one family the one club it's just such a credit to, to their own family I suppose and their own club but I remember watching I'd say it was the 94 All-Ireland and I don't know this, if anyone watching there used to be a big poster a big banner up on the hill Yabba Dabba Dooley <laughs> it always you know it's always funny every time I see it and even if you see real in the years running them now it always brings you back to that time and like Johnny Dooley like, you know, probably changed, like, say, that great Limerick team that time, the great Watford team. Great, great players were just so close not to win an All-Ireland. If Johnny Dooley hadn't went for that 21, went for the goal, if he had to win for a pint, like, he, he was supposed to. Um, you know, Offaly's history might not be what it is today. They might not have won 94, they might not have won 98 either. So Johnny Dooley had a huge bearing. And he was, everybody, Brendan talking about him, and definitely around that time, he would have been a lot of guys' favourite hurlers. Then I went on lucky enough to play a Shinty Railway Cup and I was involved with Joe Dooley, the brother. And Joe had that magical day in the All-Ireland semi-final against Clare at 1998. I think he scored five points from playing. He was probably 34, 35 at the time. But 
a great hurling man again. I love my time with him and, you know, myself and Jackie Terrell and, and Hoggy and a few of them, we were there with, with Joe Dooley and just a great hurling man as well and brought huge, I suppose, you know, colour and passion. He was awfully manager later on in his years and I'm sure Billy, you can't forget Billy because in that All-Ireland 94, three balls out of standing on the sideline, over the hurl, three points over the bar. And uh, I thought, you know, if ever was a case for a car for not to be running around, <laughs> it was Billy Dooley, standing over on the 21. And well, listen, Billy Dooley was, again, I was up in Cherokee here in one time and a great driving force in that club. Then through a friend of mine, Huey Hannon and Billy, you know, that's what you like to hear. He, he goes back to the club and he drives it on as well. So the three Dooley brothers, big shout out to them this week. And I suppose the awfully era and, and the small, I suppose, hurling population there in general. Like that you had the borough team of the 90s that we all grew up looking at, four or five club allers, you know, the Hanafis, Brian Whelan, you know, just amazing hurlers. And um, John tried then I met him at was, uh, South Liberty's Golf Classic there last weekend um, in Ballyneasy. And uh, I was lucky enough to meet, uh, just shook hands with him as all, like John Troy. And uh, I didn't realise, I don't think we had met, I don't think we had met before, which is amazing. Like, And my memory of John Troy would have been against Antrim. Um, it's probably the semi-final of, it's probably 94, 95, I, I'd imagine, where the ball went and he flicked it back. The, you know, that Gerard Higgerty we see him do now, but this was even more exaggerated flick back into his hand and absolutely buried it. And, you know, John Try, I think John Try did I hear one three, he either won three or played in three or four minor all earns that time, which he, is. He played you know, goals he, as well, like the brother, as, as I think, as a 15 year old in the Ireland final, if memory serves. As a 15 year old, like they're, they're amazing stories, like, you know, and um, so a big shout to the Dooley's and, and all the lads. One last thing about the Dooley's. All different styles, like completely not, you know, if you if you look like um, the, the Mars Tipperary, very similar style, I would say the Walsh's in Kilkenny, fairly similar style. But the Dooley's are like, they're like three completely different hurlers. One, the ultimate stylish, uh, one, the corner forward who is like letting everybody, let the ball do the work for him. And then the other one is just an absolute marauding battler with like uh, an ability, octopus arms to score points off either side. And um, I try and run the game from from eleven. It's a completely different individuals and characteristics. Yeah, and uh, it's not great because you know when when you're looking at teams, say for a young player going up, do I need to be as big as Grod Hegarty? Uh, do I need to be as stylish as T.J. Reid? Do I need to be you know as clinical as Aaron Galan? No, you can be just be yourself. You enjoy, these are three guys from the one family, the one, you know, one genetics, and they're three different hurlers, but they still made it, and we're still heroes and scored vital scores, and we're part of a, a great team for for many years. So you're hundred percent right there, Jerry. Yeah. Good stuff, Tommy. Enjoy the games this weekend. Thanks a million. Cheers. Yeah. No, thank you. Bye, bye, bye. Tommy Walsh giving us his thoughts ahead of the All Ireland hurling semi-finals this weekend, which have definitely been overshadowed up to this point in the week. Yeah, like, and that's the nature of the calendar as well, is that you're not going to have these long run-ins into uh, these games. I think it probably will also kind of dampen the, the fallout from the football a little bit as well. Like, I mean, tomorrow probably goes goes full preview mode, doesn't it, for a semi-finals weekend? Maybe, yeah. OTB AM With Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar.